Here's another in our podcast series, Doc Talk, presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Having a baby is so exciting, but there are some things you should look to and plan for when you know you're going to have a baby, and one of those is breastfeeding. My guest today is Christina Cassidy. She's a registered nurse and an internationally board-certified lactation consultant at St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital's Birthing Center. Welcome to the show, Christina. What are some of the benefits of exclusively breastfeeding baby for both mother and baby? Sure. So exclusively breastfeeding in the hospital is going to help a mother make enough milk for her baby. It also then decrease the problems with latching the baby. What happens is the more other things that you introduce, such as pacifiers or formula bottles, it can interfere with the amount of times the baby goes to breast, and which ultimately can cause um, problems. And by the time the mom leaves the hospital, she's kind of struggling. And our goal is to really help a mother um, be successful and feel confident by day of discharge that she is able to successfully breastfeed her baby without any kind of problems. Uh, there's many well-documented like short-term and long-term um, advantages for mom and baby. It's not just a, uh, you know, a lifestyle choice. It's more like a, a public health priority. Um, benefits will include decrease for the, for the baby, decrease in ear infections, lower chance of respiratory illnesses, decrease in SIDS, um, and also it reduces the chance of childhood leukemia, diabetes, obesity, asthma. Uh, and for mom, it's beneficial because it decreases the postpartum blood loss. Um, of course, it's wonderful for bonding and stress reduction. It increases the chance of, of, of mom losing weight a little bit quicker also because it kind of, those hormones kind of clamp down on, on the uterus and, and helps slow down the, the bleeding and helps you lose weight quicker. There's a decrease in ovarian and breast cancer and a re- reduced risk for type 2 but diabetes. If, uh, for moms that breastfeed for at least 12 to 23 months have a significant reduction also in high blood pressure. So as you can see, there's like tons of, of advantages for mom and baby. And, of course, the best reason is because it saves you money, right? Because it's uh, always the right temperature and you can always take it wherever you go. Certainly true. Absolutely. Now, some people, Christina, really, they want to use a pacifier because they think it soothes baby or maybe they don't want to, you know, nurse quite as often. But how can pacifier use and formula feeding affect that latching and milk supply? Sure. So the pacifier use, I mean, the American Academy of Pediatrics does um, recommend the pacifier use around week two. That's usually when breastfeeding is well-established. Um and baby has already regained birth weight because the pacifier use has been shown to reduce the chance of SIDS. However, when you're in the hospital, what happens is that if the baby is using a pacifier, um, you don't see those early feeding cues. And that those are the time when the baby puts a hand to mouth or licking the lips. That's when the baby is supposed to be put to breast. What happens is by the time the baby spits out the pacifier, the baby's crying, which is a late sign of hunger. And ultimately, it's a lot harder for a mom to latch a baby when the baby's crying. And it can be a little frustrating, too. So we try to keep the, you know, the baby nice and calm. And that's the best time when to put the baby to breast. So pacifier use can cause decreased feeding times at the breast. And also, it could kind of, you know, have a hard time seeing those early feeding cues when you should first put the baby to, to breast. How does a mother know how often to nurse? Are there some cues or signs that a baby is hungry? What, how does she know? So, so the best time would be when the baby is quiet, awake, alert, putting hand to mouth, licking the lips. That's usually the early feeding cues, and it usually works out to be about every two to three hours. So if, um, sometimes if in the hospital the baby is 
swallowed, being passed to family members, and um, right about that time, the baby should be fed about 8 to 12 times in a 24-hour period. So there may be times where a mom may need to kind of unwrap the baby, do some skin-to-skin, and then feed the baby. And what about how to tell? If the baby's getting enough milk, how do you know that? So what we usually do is that we have um, an, an infant feeding log, and which tells you based on how old the baby is, how, what the output is, what it should be in terms of wet diapers and bowel movements. So in the first 24 hours of life, the baby has one wet diaper, one bowel movement, and that, that's an indication that the baby is getting enough. By day two of life, two wet diapers, two bowel movements, the baby's getting enough. We usually, by day of discharge, we'll assess the baby's weight loss, also the percent weight loss. And usually when there's a close to a 10%, around about 10% weight loss, what we do is we just make sure that we assess the latching and assess that there's no risk factors for low milk supply. Just to identify that point, we may ask the mom to put the baby to breast a little bit more often. We try to really stabilize that weight loss at about 10%. We don't usually like it to go too much more above that. But one thing to mention, if a mom has a lot of IV fluids during labor, sometimes that can actually affect the baby's weight, believe it or not, and the baby can appear to have a little bit more of a greater weight loss, and so we have to kind of take that into consideration also. So what about latching? Is that always as easy as people think? And also speak, Christina, about getting the partner involved in this exclusive breastfeeding journey. Sure, absolutely. Now, that's an excellent question. No, it's not always as, as easy as when you see these breastfeeding videos, instructional videos. It always seems like everyone has a perfect anatomy and the babies always have a perfect latch. There are some issues such as inverted nipples or flat nipples or um, that can cause latching problems. But there are certain things. That's why it's good to speak to the OB doctor prenatally or even attending a prenatal breastfeeding class because that way you could get all this information beforehand and not wait for until that, that baby's delivered before you start to explore your options or until you know exactly what kind of tools can, can help you. In terms of having a dad um, help, you know, a lot of times a mom is tired during the day. Just by A dad can also do skin-to-skin with the infant, of course. And just by having, uh, you know, him hold the baby or calm the baby down as the baby's crying while mom's getting ready to feed the baby, or he can bring mom some water or just, just you know, being hands-on just to kind of help out, even with bringing mom a pillow, uh, little things like that can make a big difference. So definitely there's plenty of things that dad can do also to help calm the baby down or to help make breastfeeding uh, better for mom. Do you have some advice for new moms that are breastfeeding about eating healthy while they're breastfeeding? Should they avoid certain things like spicy foods or alcohol? What should they be thinking about? Right. Well, I mean, I know um, that there was some thought in the past about avoiding spicy food or gassy food, but they kind of like the current studies are kind of steering away from that. It's really just basically a healthy diet like you had when you were pregnant. An extra 500 calories is beneficial because milk making burns a lot of calories. A baby will metabolize caffeine a little bit slower, so you don't have to completely abstain from it, but just you want to think about your daily dietary intake of caffeine and kind of limit it to maybe a cup of coffee or, and if you notice the baby's getting, you know, if you had a little bit more, like you had coffee and chocolate or whatever, other dietary sources of caffeine, if you notice that some changes in the baby's uh, sleeping patterns or infant's behavior, then you may want to kind of cut it down a little bit more. But also continue taking the prenatal vitamins during um, the whole time that you're, that breastfeeding is also a good idea. 
not so much that it's going to make the milk more healthy for the baby. It's more to replenish mom's nutrients that she's going to be losing during the whole breastfeeding process. So we're talking about all these benefits of breastfeeding, but I'm thinking that some parents might be a little nervous about it if their child, God forbid, had to be admitted to the NICU. Does that mean that they can't breastfeed? How does that work, Christina? I know it definitely could, could potentially be a little bit of a hurdle, but there's a lot of support for moms that have babies in the NICU. And of course, depending on the diagnosis, we still try to encourage as much skin-to-skin as possible because that helps increase the, the prolactin levels, the milk-making hormone. It's good for the baby, for blood sugar purposes, for respiratory. Again, multiple benefits for both baby and mom. Um, but depending, it also depends just on the, the diagnosis uh, and whether or not the baby is allowed to uh, medically be able to, to breastfeed. If for whatever reason the baby's born early and, and cannot, there's several things here that we do. We have also a donor milk available, pasteurized donor milk available for preemies. We get mom using a hospital-grade breast pump as soon as possible, as soon as she feels that as she's able to. We give them the support, the education, so they know exactly how often to pump and how to get their retail pump, usually through their insurance company. So by the time that they go home, they have all the supplies that they need to continue obtaining um, breast milk for their baby. Some moms go to back to work after six weeks, and they assume that they're going to have to introduce formula at that time. Explain to them, and is that really the case? No, and unfortunately, a lot of moms come in here when we ask them when they're first admitted, what, what are your plans for, for feeding the baby? A lot of moms will say both. It's because they, they feel that they're going to have to give formula because they have to go back to work soon. But really, it's, they don't realize that a lot of their insurance companies will pay for a breast pump, a retail breast pump, and it's really a, like a New York State law that, you know, employers must provide um, a time and a place for, for moms to express their milk and to be supportive of, of a mother during these times. Um, there's, you know, bottle introductions best done around week four. If it's done too soon, what happens is the baby usually, the bottles are very easy and then the baby kind of uses those extra muscles, in the, which is good for the gross motor development when the baby's breastfeeding. But early introduction of a bottle could cause problems with latching. And if you wait too long, like three or four months, sometimes the baby just wants the breast and nothing else. But that week four is the best time to introduce. So a mom could start pumping to increase. It takes two to three days or so to increase the breast milk supply, keeping that in mind when you, depending on when you do have to come back, go back to work. But there's also a lot of resources as well. We have um, a breastfeeding support group here at the hospital, and they actually cover uh, important topics such as what we just discussed today, such as pumping and working or how dad, grandma, or family can help, uh, what to do if the breastfeeding hurts, and how to know that baby's getting enough. So I really encourage, you know, prenatally to get as much education as possible so that way by the time they come here and have their baby, they have that education and they know what's more what to expect. Well, you just pretty much answered my last question, which was to wrap it up. Anything you'd like to add, Christina, to the benefits of breastfeeding for mom and baby? No, just that you know, it's helpful for a mom to know before she has her baby just what her goals are, you know, and and exact and communicate that to the staff. So if you if you don't want to do the formula, if you don't want to just. Let the staff know so that way we could be a good support and don't hesitate to ever ask for help. You know, we not only do we have, you know, me, who's a you know, board-certified lactation consultant, but we do also have certified lactation counselors available. And, and 
you know, we don't want to, you know, the earlier you get help, the better, and it increases the chance of your success. So definitely if you feel like things are not going the right way, if you feel like you're not positioning the baby right, if you feel like you're having pain and you don't know why, just call for help, and, and that way so we can address any important issues before mom go, and baby go home. Thank you so much, Christina, for being with us today. Really great information. This is Doc Talk presented presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. For more information, please visit stlukescornwallhospital.org. That's stlukescornwallhospital.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.